The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am the host of Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, when a special episode comes, a special guest is very much in need. And since today we'll be talking about the Canadian men's national team qualifying for the World Cup since for the first time since 1986, what better opportunity than to bring in a Canadian soccer fan to the show for the first time? So, ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Mr. David Scappin. David, welcome. Ah, oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I hope I, I hope I said it correctly. Oh, you said it perfectly. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, David, uh, as I'm sure you probably know, uh, you and I we have a mutual friend in Mr. Steve Adams, who's been a huge part of this show. You know, he's been a help. He's helped me. You know, built this show. He's been a really good friend of my, and my mentor for several yeah. years now. And he strongly I, strongly suggested you know having you on the show. Yeah, I know. And I was I all for it immediately. He didn't have to convince me. I mean. I'm I'm always open to having guests because I like giving people the opportunity to talk. And mm. before we kind of start about you know you uh, talk about soccer, I'd like to get to know you a little bit. And and okay. you're you're a native you're a Cana you're a native of Canada, right? Born and raised. Okay. And Born and raised here in Canada. I, my hometown is Guelph, Ontario. Okay. Which is about like which is about seventy five to eighty kilometers northwest of Toronto. Okay. So, and for 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 our American friends, I'm only about two hours from the border to Buffalo. Okay. So I'm north of Buffalo and about three hours uh, northeast of Detroit. Okay. So just to give you a, a broad example. So. Are you like near? Are you near Niagara Falls? Uh, about like like I said, a two uh, two, two hour drive. Okay. Because yeah, so. I actually I have visited Canada several times. In 2005, I did visit Vancouver, and in 2008, I visited Toronto, Niagara Falls, Montreal, uh, Quebec City. Mm. Canada is beautiful. I love Canada. Yeah, I we we used to go to Montreal a lot back in the days, just just to when it was when it was cheap to go <laughs> to fly down. <laughs> just like we're, obviously, like most Canadians, we're all big hockey fans. Mm -hmm. So, we, and my favorite hockey team are the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I I, yeah. I don't believe I've ever. Uh, I believe you're the first uh, Ontario uh, native to actually say I, uh, that you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. I'm sure. I'm sure Maple Leafs fan uh, are happy about that. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sworn by I'm sworn all over the place in Leaf Country here. I guess I guess I guess it'd be like being in in Texas. You got the Cowboys everywhere. Um, same same over here. Well, I mean, we, yeah. there are Eagle fans. I mean, there are yeah, there are fans. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people just basically grew. I mean, some people say they never liked them. Some people say they just, they couldn't take it anymore because the Cowboys haven't been good since 1995. Yeah. But. Yeah. But yeah, I'm astonished you because I consider the Montreal Canadiens my second team. I'm a Stars fan, but I and I love because I love the city of Montreal. And I have to be honest, I am a little bit biased because I'm French American. So obviously, I love I love Montreal. Yeah. But I would love to actually visit Calgary. I'm a lifelong pro wrestling fan. I know that in Canada, pro wrestling is popular, especially the city of Calgary. You think of the heart, yeah, the heart dynasty. Well, I'm I'm not the biggest wrestling knowledge fan, but that's where the heart the heart uh, heart family's from. Yep, that's where they're from. from the yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if there's it's actually from the city of Calgary, but in the surrounding area. Well, then they're from yeah they're from that part yeah that, that's okay. where they're from. And you know I visited Vancouver. Vancouver is, is awesome. I have a very good friend and a mentor who she also lives near Vancouver as well. So. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's so. good. It's good. It, it's good. I mean, I've I've got Canadian uh, connections, and you know, I I love Canada. I would love to have the opportunity to visit again. Uh, just when this whole uh, pandemic, you know, and stuff ends, and you know, uh, I would really love to. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, I can't speak what's going on in your state here in Ontario. We we lifted the the mandates, uh, 
um, about in March, but we're still getting cases here and there. Even where I work, we were supposed to drop the mask on April 4th, April 1st, April 4th, April 1st, but a couple of people have gotten the COVID. One coworker was down for about 14 or 15 days. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, it is what it is, you it know. It is, yeah. I mean, in I'm Texas, just, it's, it's different. I mean, Texas, we're Texas. I mean, like that, but uh, look, at, at this point, look, enough already. Enough. Yeah. People are already losing their minds. I mean, every Canadian. See, I know several Canadian hockey writers, and they're upset. Oh, I believe. And it. I, I, I don't oh, want to get political. I, I don't want to get political. But one of them I spoke to kind of went on a rant. But I mean, yeah, people. I mean, enough is enough. I mean, that goes for every country. Enough already. Like. Yeah, I know. So. I mean, in some countries, it, it, it affects tourism, and I imagine this thing with you know like that. It's got to it's got to affect negatively the Canadian tourism. Because Canada is oh, beautiful. Is, is. I always tell people, visit Canada. It's expensive, yeah. I know, but it's beautiful. It's worth it. Well, I, I'm noticing some of the airlines here right now are offering, like, literally dirt cheap prices that the fly is. Like, we have an airport nearby in uh, Kitchener, Ontario. Um, and you can fly from Kitchener to the state of Vancouver for not even uh, $150 uh, round trip. Well, definitely, if I get a chance, I would definitely t- maybe consider it. About 10, 15 years ago, that same trip, you look about $600, $700 Canadian. So, <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> so. And, and the Canadian currency, the American currency has differences. But so yeah. you're a friend of Steve, right? Yes, I am. How long have you guys known each other? Uh, we met of all things through Facebook. Okay. So, and I'm hoping by Christmas time, if things work out well, because I'm, I'm doing some renovating around the house. I hope you see see him him and his wife uh, at, between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, see, I'm I'm actually close to Steve and his wife. You know, amazing. Actually, people. it was it was, their, it was their birthday this uh, yeah. couple days ago. Actually. I think yeah, it was their yeah. birthday. Yeah, yeah. And God yeah, bless so. her. You know, God bless. Yeah, Steve. Rebecca. Yeah, they're, they're just amazing people because you know, for me oh. as a, as a podcaster and a journalist, it's, it's brutally tough to find work. I've had side jobs, but I'm at a point where I have like five shows I run on my own. It's yeah. impossible for me to work part time, but with everything getting more and more expensive and me having to rely on getting sponsorships like that and me paying my bills and having nothing left and being like that for so long, it's brutal. So that's why I'm working on podcasting because I see podcasting as the future of real journalism because, I mean, again, not to be political, but those media, those media outlets out there doing their own thing, spitting the same bullcrap every day, I'm not about yeah. that. Like, I take soccer yeah. seriously. Like, you should see some of the death – I mean, I've gotten death threats. I've gotten bad comments from soccer fans because I tell the truth and they don't like it. But I yeah. live with a I live with a code that if I'm if I'm making people mad I'm doing my job. Yeah, exactly. Steve, exactly. Steve has said the same thing. I mean, especially if you get soccer fans mad for for thing like that, then you're doing something. I mean, you got their attention, yeah. so that's what it's all about. Exactly. Well, I, exactly. Exactly. Eh? And I, even myself, when it comes to soccer, I'm, I'm a big fan, like like yourself too. Mm-hmm. And I'm, be, being a, a, a second generation Italian, I, I'll follow the Italian Serie A, which is, okay, uh, it's going through some weird times. It is. <laughs> it's, it's, seen, it's seen better days, and it needs a lot of work to, and, and it's, you know, it, 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 you know what it reminds me, what the end, what Serie A reminds me of now, believe it or not, and I've been, been watching that HBO series, Winning Time, about the uh, about the LA Lakers, it reminds me of what the, what the NBA was back in the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, it was different. Yeah, where the league was struggling. Yeah. And, and they needed and and I, and I think I think in all in all serious though, seeing it seeing Italy not qualify for two World Cups in a, in a row, I think down the road would be the best thing that will ever happen to Italian soccer. If you, if if they if they make the changes within the league and the structure over there, I think we will see that they're and being a Canadian soccer fan, like I, I, I'm I'm seeing. What Ailey's going through, I've seen it for the last 36 years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. yeah, because, you know, <laughs> so. see, this is where we, we're going to get started. I mean, Canada for the first time since 1986. And, yeah, and I remember, yeah. I remember very, I remember, I was, uh, I remember watching it, the, the World Cup qualifying on the CBC. The CBC is our main network in this country. Against Honduras, a, the match against Honduras. Against Honduras. There's actually a funny story behind it, The the mat, where the match actually took place because there's a funny story the fact, because the game took place in St. John's, St. John, uh, in, in Newfoundland. Newfoundland, but there was a story but, about Honduran fans. They actually went to St. John's in New Brunswick because, it, because yeah. from what I understand, Canada is a very easy country to get lost in. Oh, yeah. Well, St. John's, Newfoundland, well, St. John's, the, the, the province of Newfoundland, look at the map, it's an island. Yeah. Well, St. John's, New Brunswick, just like, you know, 
and supposedly some of these fans were the, the story I heard. I remember uh, watching on I guess it was FIFA television. I guess I remember. Yeah, that, that, that's where I got the story. Yeah, there's a video of it. <laughs> one, one, of, one of the players was saying before the game started, they allowed the 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 PA system at St. John goes, oh, saying telling people we have fans from the Honduras who are coming in late. Could you be polite and let these people go through <laughs> into their second <laughs> there? They go, no way with it. No way would that would happen in Honduras or in El Salvador. I can tell you that. Oh, right no, now. no, no, no. And, yeah. you know, in Canada, you know, you know, and, and Steve and I have spoken about it. I mean, you know, obviously in my case, I, I don't mean to make you boys feel old, but I'm too young to remember 1986. I wasn't around, but, you know, I, Canada I was, in, was, was there. But, I, you know, I was 16 years old, 17, or 17 when it happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> and see, and what I learned is Canada, they were playing, they didn't have the MLS, I don't think was, this was before MLS, no, but, no. but there were no the soccer M- clubs in in Canada. I mean, there was indoor, but there was some players who didn't even actually play. These guys were like regular guys working jobs, just representing their country. Well, the guy who scored the winning goal was George Pecos. If I remember, I just saw this recently. I believe he worked as a, oh, Jesus. Worked for the city of Vancouver. And he was like checking the water meter readings. I forget, it was something crazy like that. I forget what it was. Um, the only profession we had, I think it was Bob Leonard Doozy, I think. Like that was playing on a regular basis because the NASL, if I recall, folded the year before. Yeah. So these Canadian players were playing in- indoor soccer, and then how do you prepare? How do you how do you prepare like at that time for indoor soccer to go play outdoor? You know what I mean? Well, it so, brings up that annoying stereotype that I say that it's never hot in Canada, which honestly I disagree because I've been in Canada in the summertime. I mean, it's not hot like it is in Texas, but it can get it does get warm, it does get mild. I mean, it's not. I mean. Yeah. So it's like it's not always freezing. I mean, I know the the, the winters in Canada are brutal, especially the top of the winter. But, but yeah. it, it was actually the guy who scored the game-winning goal is a player by the name of Igor Vreblik. But uh, although Re- pa- Pecos, Igor Vreblik. Yeah, Vreblik, yeah. Pacos actually yeah, scored, George, George the, Pecos, scored the first goal, yeah. Pacos scored, scored the first goal, goal yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they beat Honduras 2-1. to one, and, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, honestly, right now, the point is, like, Canada is actually coming in with a talented team with players... With, with, like, more than one good player. I mean, people are saying it's only Alfonso Davies. Like, no, there's several no. other good players. No. Jonathan David, for one, who plays in the Dave. French League. He plays for uh, for Lille, who's 20 yeah. years old. A, you know, very prolific goal scorer. I mean, this this team has a... They're very young. Now, the inexperience might affect them, but this team is motivated. They're pretty good. I mean, there's one thing to remember. They went through this final qualifying phase. They did not lose to Mexico, nor did they lose to the United States. In fact, they beat them both. Yeah. At, at home, I believe they beat them both yeah, at uh, home. Yeah, yeah, they beat they beat Mexico in Edmonton, Alberta, on a very according to a friend of mine who lives in Edmonton. Because I remember that same day when I was at work, he was he was texting me photos. This is Edmonton today. They had like a earlier, if I'm not mistaken, earlier that day he had a snowstorm, and the snow stopped around three or four hours before the game. So, so that crew over at Commonwealth Stadium, Edmonton, did a hell of a good job clearing the field. Eh? So, so. <laughs> I mean, the Canadian players yeah. were probably like, uh, "Well, welcome to Canada, guys." And then, because the, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the players, if, if it was against Mexico, the players are like, "I mean, they're from Mexico. It's hot there." <laughs> yeah. You go from the hot to the freezing. It's like, man, that, that's got to be that. That's quite the yeah. experience. But you yeah. know, but you look at Canada now, and you know, in, in Canada, you know, one of the things I mentioned because I did an episode about Canada qualifying for the World Cup is, you know, their manager previously managed the Canadian women's national team and he brought them from obscurity to some, some success and then he, he, yeah. he moves to the, to the men's national team. So Canada, the main thing is, is they have a brilliant manager, so that's going to help them. But, you know, look and, at and, and, and he's got, it's, it's true. And he, and he, what I think what he's done was, I think behind the scenes, he's kind of rejuvenated the whole Canadian soccer association. I don't think no one gives him credit for that. Like, so, like, literally, he he came in and goes, "This is we're going to do. we're going to do this we're going to do that," and he, and he actually listened to him. Yeah. So well, they have to. They haven't. I mean, the Canadian national team. I mean, to say they've never done anything. I mean, they did win the the Concacaf title, the Gold Cup. I mean, uh, yeah, the Gold Cup in two thousand. I mean, when they won it in, in nineteen eighty five, it wasn't the Gold Cup. It was the the Concacaf championship, and that was the qualifying yeah. phase. And they, yeah. they they won the final game, and that was the final spot. I think to qualify, or I mean, I'm not. Sure, I mean. It was that, yeah. It was the final spot. The United States, you know, had flunked yeah. out at first. So, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, it was it was it was kind of weird that time because I think if I recall, whoever Canada had to finish first place to whoever finished first place that was a qualification because only those yeah. days I think it was only 
24 teams that, that were able to qualify for a World Cup. So, if I'm not mistaken, it was, yeah, it was 1986. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Mexico was who, who was hosting it. Yeah, it, it was Mexico. I, yeah. And, yeah. So I think. Yeah. So. Oh well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was 24 teams in Mexico, and unfortunately, Canada. You know. Uh, finish as the worst team, but you know you, you still. You, but you, you know, you, you know what? Go there without giving them credit. I mean, they almost beat France. I mean, I don't know if I should say they almost beat France, but they gave France a hard time. I mean, they were drawn they, in a group with Hungary, France, and the Soviet Union. And France, you know, of course, came in as one of the favorites because the you know, France was a loaded team. And, on and they were a loaded first, team. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They were that that French team was like, like like their current national team as we speak now. They were stocked upon. Like their substitutes could have been first team players on, on the other nations. That's how stacked they were. Both so, big time. Yeah, I I thought at the time I I honestly thought in, in in that tournament, even the Soviet Union were very very good. I thought we we could have got maybe at two those days was only two points if I recall. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. we, we could we we could we could have got that something against Hungary, and we did, but. But you know what? When when I look at it now, because I've been doing some little studying in the up days, that team did pretty good for a not having hardly any guys who played eleven man soccer, not having no league home league in the country. They did looking back at it, okay, they okay they did, they, could, they crashed out early, which we all expected, but they did not bad. Yeah, <laughs> when you think exa- about that's it. exactly what Steve and I have spoken yeah. up before, man. I get it. They went zero three. Unfortunately, they failed to score. They only conceded five goals. But you know the fact that they that it took France eighty minutes to get on the freaking board. I mean, yeah. I I've tried to find good highlights of that game, but it's impossible. But for you can like, you can on YouTube you can find it if you want. I'll, I'll if I can okay. I'll send it to you. Because okay? I haven't been able to, but I found something like Canada was actually playing defense. I mean, Canada was basically playing in a mindset. As long as France can't score, we're playing. We're heavily on the midfield and on the defense. Then we're fine. Yeah. But then yeah. then all of a sudden France, you know. Throws that cross, and then the, the goalkeeper got got pulled away, uh, got like you know heavily pulled away, and then um, a French player yeah. makes the pass, and then another French player out of nowhere slides past the defender, and, and it makes the header. So, so yeah. Canada, I mean, Canada just really got overwhelmed in one play. I mean, you can't say Canada just made a mistake. I mean, like I said, you know, this. I mean, again, like these players, they didn't know what it was like to play on that stage, and and then all the, and they know, and they only give up one goal to the to one of the heavyweights to win the title. To, that was favored to win the title. I mean, that was yeah. a, that's honestly a win for Canada. You beat you lost to France one to zero when it could have been yeah. when it probably should have been ten to zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because because France in that game, France was <laughs> they were dominating. Like they were, I think the one player if I remember is Jean Pierre Papin. He's the one who scored the goal. It's, he's the one who scored the end of scoring the goal, but he should have had a, he should have had a hat trick. But trust he, me, he, he, he had a lot of it. Yeah, so. I mean, France and, was just, you know, dominating, just not being able to score. And that's the problem with French soccer. They were, they, they probably say, oh, look at that. We're playing a little. We're playing Canada. We're going to kick yeah. their ass. And look at that. Yeah. And, and, and then they have problems. I mean, it, it's the arrogance of the French national team not taking their opponent seriously, not respecting their opponent. That's something that's, yeah. been, that's been a problem with the team for so long. I mean, we saw that in the freaking Euro last summer when they lost to Switzerland. I mean, they have France. When they, when they were when, – when France was up for, for – they were up like two – they, they, were, they, were, they were comfortably in the, in, the, in the lead, and they screwed that up. Yeah, they screwed that up. They were up 3-1 with tournament. like 10 minutes left, and they, and they screwed that up. Yeah, big time. It was a bad – I remember watching France in, that, in the last Euro, and you could just tell from their opening game, it just wasn't going to be, be – they needed a, 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 an own goal to beat Germany. They, yeah. barely, they barely got the point against a, a, a pretty pretty disciplined Hungarian team. And I remember watching it, it was, something's not there. Something, I, just yeah, had exactly. this feel, yeah. I feel the exact so, same and, way. Although the game against Germany, the ref, the ref was a, a, a was a was an idiot. I mean, one of the goals by Mbappe was actually what was, yeah. was not offside. I mean, what bothered me is you know they raised the flag as soon as he finished making that goal. I mean, they could they, they could have done it earlier to stop it. So I'm like, yeah. seriously, I mean that that's why I said the pain. But yeah, France was not all there. So yeah. I said to myself, Deschamps needs to go. I mean, they got to bring in Zidane to, to manage the French national team, and I. And I, and I still say, even if France miraculously wins the title again, I don't care. We need yeah. a new manager because I can't trust this guy anymore. But I, I feel well, like the, I feel like the players don't really care. They they kind yeah, of do well, the whole thing. Like you said, it's arrogance right there, right? Eh? It's arrogance, like, yeah. Like you got some like like with France, you got some holy crap. There's some talent in that country. Big like, time. Like they they could probably coming from a hockey nation like doing Canada. What they're producing in soccer, 
players. We're, we're, same thing what we're, we're doing with hockey. You know, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, basically, like, yeah. I mean, you know, because Canada, you know, is, hockey is re- is more than religion in Canada. I mean, I oh, it's it's more than religion. We used to, I we used to have uh, our five dollar bill about twenty five years ago. In the back of it, used to have kids playing hockey. That just shows how much of a hockey nation we are. Okay, I mean, <laughs> yeah, hockey so. is, is a brilliant sport, but you know, it's okay. like that. But you know, I would say my knowledge in hockey, you know, it's also you know, it's heavily played in uh, in Europe, in, in in Finland, Sweden. The style, I it's think, can- is di- I think the style is different, but they do play hockey. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's kind yeah. of like the style you play, the soccer style in Europe than than the style here in Major League Soccer. But mm-hmm. with, with Canada, you know. Go back to their history. I mean, Canada does have an interesting soccer history, and and now that they had those three MLS teams in Canada, and one of them actually got wrong when I did the episode. I said it the Montreal Impact, but they're not called that anymore. No, this, this, I, I still, you know what? I yeah, still call I, Montreal. To me, it's, it's CF Club, the football, the Montreal, but yeah. they'll always be the impact. That's that's exactly yeah. what my Canadian so, listeners said. They said, oh, I, no, still, don't worry I about still it. Re- yeah. I still refer to them as the impact. They so. they all do. They still refer to them as the impact. So they say, yeah, yeah you didn't mess up anything, but you know, there's there's what Vancouver, there's Toronto, and and from what I told Toronto FC, dude, their games are usually always sold out. At least the big ones are. And there's probably some that are it, oh, not. Oh yeah, it's it, they have a they're owned. Just so you know, they're owned by the same uh, group that owns the Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're all part of the ML, MLSC. So yeah. they got the MLSC financial backing. So they're doing it pretty good. Yeah. And I think I think. The reason, one of the reasons why we we've even qualified for a Walker for improving, is you got to thank the MLS. Yeah. Once Toronto, once Toronto FC came along, okay, they struggled for a bit. They were, they're horrendous. Who am I kidding? But once once they started signing the, the Jovinkos of this world, even the, uh, the guy they had before Jovinko, I forget his name now, the Englishman, I forget his name now. Oh Lord, whatever. That's when you start seeing him. The, the, the improvement and the Canadian press was, was like, Oh my God, this, this soccer team in Toronto is doing pretty good. And I think it, it, it started once, once, once the TFC, once TFC started getting better and better, that's when I started seeing the whole soccer progressing in this country slowly, but surely. So, yeah, so. It, it, it's great too, because, you know, soccer is such that unique sport and, you know, you've got Toronto, there's the one in, in Vancouver and, I'm not sure if they were thinking of adding one in Calgary. I mean, I mean, there was talk, there was talk back in oh, I would say 2010. Eugene Melnick, I should say the late Eugene Melnick, who used to, who owns the Ottawa Senators, he was playing. He 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 wanted to, uh, he was seriously tr- trying to uh, bring a team to Ottawa, Ontario, but that it didn't fall through. I I don't know what happened there, but there was talk of a team going going to Ottawa at yeah. one point. So. I mean, yeah, see, a friend of mine would say, you know, at one point there was two hockey teams in the, in the province of Quebec. You know, those the the the, the North Quebec North. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Port, they figured, well, why not put a soccer club? there? I'm like, Quebec City is beautiful, but I'm not sure if a soccer club kind of fits. Because hot, because you know, again, you know, enough with a hockey team, it's different because it's Canada. I mean, a, a professional hockey team could probably fit us. It could definitely fit in in the city, well, there's, in the Quebec there's, City, but there's there's talk. Of, of putting a, a franchise in the CPL in Quebec City. There's talk about there. Now, whether it's, it's going to happen, I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I, I do follow the CPL quite closely. I go I go a, little, a few of the games of Forge FC, which is in Hamilton, Ontario, mm-hmm. just, 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 just south of me, about 30 minutes south of me. So there's talk of putting a team, in, in, in a second team, sorry, in CPL, I should say, in Quebec City, which I think could work. You know what I mean? It could it, work. Yeah, so. I mean, there's the MLS. There's again, you know, I didn't even know that they. I didn't even know that y'all had a, a Premier League in Canada. Yeah, it's called the CPL. Yeah, the CPL, and I, and I believe that there's like there's a total 16. of eight. There's eight teams, right? Uh, six this year. Uh, the city of Saskatoon, which in the province of Saskatchewan, is 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 is, is coming in. I think. I think it's next year or the year after. So I'm not have to have to have to look. I'll, I'll get back to you on that one there. So, but so it should be seven teams there. And there's uh, there's talk of uh putting putting teams in Kelowna, no, either Kamloops, British Columbia, and and and, and um, where else did I say uh, Kitchener, Ontario, which is close to where I live, KW, which I think will have a team in the next three to four years. So it's it's slowly growing, growing. So it is, and that's what I'm hope, and I'm hoping with the success of the of the of our, man, of our men's national team and the media exposure, which has been unbelievable. Like the day after. 
the day after we we qualified, when we beat Jamaica and Toronto two weeks ago, I never thought I'd see the day, and I'm not that soccer would be on the front page of, of Canada's biggest daily newspaper, the Toronto Star. You know, I'm, I just, never thought I'm so glad it. you just brought that up because I, uh, I imagine, I mean, it, it's something, the fact that that soccer makes the front page on a Canadian newspaper, I mean, that's something you never would have thought because because you know, I swear to God, some people were like, because the fact that a lot of Canadians were celebrating, some people here in the U.S. were like, why do they care about soccer? The hockey's there, so I'm like, guys, seriously, stop it. I mean, <laughs> That, that, that's just sometimes I, I don't that, that's just sometimes the poor behavior the, the poor American arrogance behavior and I do apologize for that because it, it does it does annoy well, that I, 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 I gotta be honest with you some of the American commentators uh, on ESPN I forget the uh, I forget the guy's name now for example Alexi Laos who I disagree with a lot sometimes I'll admit he's been pretty good he's been pretty good w- with us he's been very supportive of us I'll give I'll give him that I, even though I disagree with a lot of what he has to say <laughs> sometimes yeah. <laughs> um, and the other guy, oh shoot, I forget his name now. Hercules Gomez on ESPN, I think he were, he has been really, really supportive of us. So I can't really okay. There's some there's some guys I can't stand, but those two guys I'll have to admit they've been good towards us. And I'm not yeah. so I'm not going to knock knock him down. So yeah, yeah, I mean I I just don't understand why some people like like here will like you know well I mean of course I mean national countries have national teams even if the the sport isn't as popular, but. Yeah. But you know, again, you know, now that we're talking, you know, the fact that soccer is growing and expanding in Canada, it's beautiful because I feel like it's time for soccer to be more appreciated, not only here in the United States but also in Canada. And progress is being made. I mean, there's more MLS teams being you know brought in here, and I've never been a fan of the MLS. I mean, I don't dislike it. I just don't fall in. I don't think it's not great. It's just it's not obviously not. It's not like the European style where in Europe they. Well, play, you can't. Yeah. Thing is, though, I, I agree with you to to a point. You can't compare MLS to these European leagues. No. MLS is what, 25, 26 years old, if that? I don't think you'll ever be able to compare it. The, the MLS is still a a, a, a young child it, 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 trying to compete in, in a grown in a grown grown man's game. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, myself, my only my only complaint I have about the MLS right now, I think they're expanding a bit too quickly. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I did now. There's like there's the team in Miami. There's one in. There's one in Austin. Uh, yeah. I think there's now one in Charlotte, I believe. Charlotte, yeah. And yeah. I think Inter, Inter one going into St. Louis next year or something like that. I'm not sure, but yeah, they are making it quick. I mean, you got to see like how those teams are doing first. I mean, they're not going to do well in the first couple of years. I mean, you can't expect them just to jump like that. But, but you know, well, I, but I am starting I, to appreciate I, the MLS. Well, I'm trying to actually get into it. But, the, I mean, like I said, it's not like it's nothing compared to the European style. I mean, the pace is different, the play style. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. obviously it's the different. atmosphere, the fan, the fans in Europe are freaking. I mean, you 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 just can't imagine the how bad the hooliganism gets and how they get into the game. But yeah, well, but, but Steve Steve and I went to an LAFC game in 2019 when I was visiting him and his wife, and and it, it was fun. I mean, seeing LAFC was amazing, and that's where I mean I was always an FC Dallas fan. I mean, they're they're my hometown team, so yeah, but. I kind of also became an LAFC fan as well, but, yeah. but the MLS is just so tough for me to because I've never done an MLS podcast episode because it's I mean I like like I said I like it I don't hate it it's just I don't follow it because it's I can't just get into it I can't get into it somehow because I'm stuck I'm stuck in the European style if that makes sense. Oh, it makes sense, but I'm I'm, I'm going to give you a Canadian perspective on the MLS. Go ahead. If it wasn't for MLS. We're not we're 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 not we're not going to Qatar. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, yeah, you're right. I I I, I think you're right. You know, like like Alfonso Davies. Okay, he's awesome as he is, and he's beyond awesome. If it wasn't for the white, if it wasn't for the Vancouver Whitecaps, he, he'd been probably stuck playing amateur uh, uh, soccer in, in his hometown of Edmonton, Alberta. Mm-hmm, you know exactly. What I mean? And you know, Jonathan David. You know, I can't, I, I, I'm not Jonathan, sure. I'm not sure where he got started, but he he's he's from Ottawa. Ontario, which is the capital city, and he never went to any MLS uh, camp. Nothing. He went straight to Europe as, as, as a teenager to, to to Belgium. Then he got a trial and tri- over at uh, the, 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 the Genk. Yeah, or, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. He never had yeah. Yeah, his senior, and, He never and, had a. And, yeah. He never played a and, senior and, game and, in Canada. No, no, and, and and the rest is history. So yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I think there's a there's now. Uh, I I think that the Canadian men's national team is on the. On the birth of of a 
golden generation that's that's going to... I mean, Canada's going to two straight World Cups. I mean, they're already qualified for, for 2026 because they're, they're the hosts. Yeah. But, but I'm telling you, I think Canada... I mean, I'll be honest. I don't have them as a favorite. We'll start talking about their chances in, in a... I, mean, I, 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 I have them as a favorite okay. as a dark horse. I have, a, I have them as a dark horse favorite. I think they're the team that's going to be the the team's dark horse. I think they're gonna they're gonna have the Cinderella run. I think they're I the team so. that, that can have the Cinderella run. I I, I hope so. I'm gonna be realistic. Actually, me, me and my a good friend of mine Ben, who's like a soccer fanatic, worse than me. He, we we were talking last week the day after the, the day after the draw, and he says, "In all honesty, Dave." If we can get three to four points, I'd be ecstatic. So I'd be, yeah, oh, sorry. I, I'd be happy. I, I so. think, and I think, I think Canada can honestly. I mean, soccer, I think so. I mean, obviously, because you know, I see soccer the way. I mean, look, Canada, no, no doubt about it. They're going to have their hands full big time. I mean, especially the fact that the group that they were drawn in. You know, but at the same time, you know, as good as as motivated as the team is, they're yeah. they're ready for this. I mean, they're in a group with Belgium, Morocco, and Croatia. Yeah. And Belgium, as, as tough as they are, Steve and I spoke about it when we did our episode for the draw. As far as Belgium's concerned, if this is the their golden generation, this is it. If I mean, we've said this several times. If they don't get it done this time, then it's over. But th- this time, more than ever, if Belgium does not do good with this golden generation, that's it. Now, Croatia yeah. is still good. I mean, they were, they had they were the Cinderella team, you know, four years ago when they made it to the final but lost to France, although they... France did get lucky in some way, but at the same time, you know, fr- France basically kind of like took advantage of the fact that Croatia played every single one of their knockout games. You know, if they played more than ninety minutes because fr- France got through those games in ninety minutes, but Croatia had to play more time. So, so France yeah. kind of took advantage of uh, of some exhaustion that the Croatian players were using. I mean, fr- well, France it- France was just kind of playing from a mental standpoint. I'm like, they're like, okay, look, if we do this to Croatia, they're gonna get us, so we're gonna try to get in their heads before they get into ours. But yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I think Canada has a chance of beating Croatia. Now, as far as Belgium goes, I who knows? Who knows? The way it's I see a, it, a, if if they lose to Belgium, it's probably going to be like two to one or three to two. There's no way Belgium. There's no way Belgium's going to destroy them. If they can contain De Bruyne, I think Canada Canada will have a great chance in that opening game. Not only De Bruyne, but you know Lukaku and. Uh, you know, and, and of course, you know, it says, what about Eden, Az- Eden Azar? I'm like, well, first of all, Azar has been hurt for so long. I mean, all the injuries he's had since arriving at Real Madrid. I mean, I, sometimes I'm at, now at this point, I'm really considering the fact that it's true. Eden Azar might be the worst signing in Real Madrid history. because all be, Only because of the injuries. That's it. Yeah, and exactly, I feel bad yeah. because, I, because I have a tremendous amount of respect for Eden Azar. But, but, you know, Belgium... The problem with Belgium is that they have that potential, then they make it far, and then they kind of crumble. I mean, that semifinal game against France four years ago when Belgium just kept threatening and threatening and threatening. I mean, they couldn't get all the shots towards the goal because sometimes they would get thwarted early, but yeah. Belgium just kind of has this thing. Like, they kind of fall, but but yeah. I think the first game against Belgium and Canada, I'm definitely going to be watching it, but I, I don't think Canada can lose bad. No, no. I, I, you know what? Like you said earlier, Croatia's an Asian team, but they're, they're no pushovers. Morocco, people say, oh, we can get points out of Morocco. I'm saying, oh, I don't think so. You know what? At this level, no matter who you put, you're going to be playing some really good teams, so you got to treat you got to treat each team like if it's yeah. like – Don't be, like, don't be like France. Don't don't like – Or England. Yeah. Or don't be like England either. So, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, so. France usually does. Well, Croatia's actually – it's Eastern Europe. Yeah, so yeah, – Yeah, so. Yeah, you yeah. know – but I really, I mean, Canada against Morocco—that's that's definitely a win. I mean, no disrespect to Morocco, but I think what's really going to decide for Canada's fate is Canada's probably going to have to beat Croatia. I mean, especially if, I think... they, if they lose to Belgium, they have yeah. to beat Croatia, and they got to do it convincingly because because there's also goal differential that you got to deal with. But they also yeah. got they also got to watch out for the yellow cards. So there's also that fair play rule as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what, what they need to do is challenge Belgium. If they, I mean, hey, I mean, hey, you never know. Canada might pull it off against Belgium. I mean, hey, I mean, as good as Belgium is, hey, Canada is pretty freaking good too. So because yeah. you know, um, like that. And, and, and as, as soon as we're done talking about the group, we'll talk about the squad, and then we'll then we'll wrap it up. But I, I think that you know, I just don't want to count out Canada regardless. I mean, I don't care that that it's, it's the first time since 1986. Canada has good players, and more than more than Alfonso Davies, because everybody thinks it's just Alfonso Davies. No, no. Well, I, I looked at you, you know, there, 
one guy who's who's really impressed me in the qualifying run, and he's really stepped his game up in the last six games, is that Sam Atacubi, or as we call him here in Canada, Snowbank Sam. Because if you remember, when Kyle Aaron scored a second goal against uh, Mexico, he's a guy. If you if you, if you go into in you see the highlights, he's a guy that jumped in the snowbank after uh, when they're all celebrating the goal. Yeah, he plays in Turkey. He plays in Turkey, I believe. Yeah, yeah. For how to, I can't say the word. How to score? Hada, I think. Yeah. Thank you. That's a, I think that's exactly. Yeah. So yeah. actually, three Canadian guys. Same with the Tebow Hutchinson, who's like thirty-nine years old, still playing, playing a regular place for Besiktas, and so is Kyle Aaron, playing for Besiktas in Turkey. So three guys playing in Turkey. So. Yeah, I mean, I've got the squad right here. You know, one of them plays in Porto. I mean, only only a handful of them play for the major clubs. I mean, Jonathan David, who plays for Lille. Uh, you know, we got yeah. Lucas Cavallini who plays in plays in Vancouver. Banks. Yeah, and of, of course, you know the the, the life longtime player uh, Atiba Hutchinson, who's the captain, thirty nine years old, who plays for Besiktas. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and yeah. I, I think Atiba, you know, thirty nine years old. I mean, I I do believe he's going to be captain this year. I mean, at this point, I get it. He's thirty nine. You know, he, he obviously his fitness is probably not as good as it was when he was younger. But I think yeah. because he's here, he is he's he's captaining. His national team that that hasn't been to this stage in a long time. I mean, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. So he's got to make the most of it, and I think he will. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, look I at all, all these. I mean, these, this team is is so young. I think the yeah the oldest player aside from aside from I, him is a player named Steven Vittoria. Vittoria is thirty four. He's thirty three, thirty four. Thirty five, actually. Thirty five. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And, and and actually, I think Milan Borjan, our goal our goalkeeper, is about 33, 34 also too. So yeah, you see, right, right there, we just he, we, we he, just he, we just justified the fact that there's a lot of players to talk about, not just one player, and Alfonso Davies, and and I'm yeah. seriously praying. I hope Alfonso Davies recovers in time. I mean, he's been out for he was well, actually, he, unfortunately he could he could not be with the team when they secured qualification because he's still recovering from a but yeah, I think, a heart, I think it was a heart problem. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, what's it called again? I forget, it's, 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 oh, I forget what it's called. Oh, Michael, I, I, I'll look it up. I've, I've, got, I've, got him, I've got his page right here, so I'll look it up right now. Yeah, Michael Court or something? Yeah, he had, well, at first he tested positive for COVID-19, and then yeah. then it was revealed that he had something called the mild myocarditis. Mild, yeah, that's it. I, I, yeah. My, my, yeah, myocarditis, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so. No, but you know what? Having him, not having him for the last six games, I think was, a, in a way kind of a a good thing for us because it, it, it showed the rest of CONCACAF that we're not we're not a one-man team exactly so. there, there you go yeah. right there right there they yeah. proved that we've got more than Alfonso Davies yeah you know, they, and they got you know an exciting player you know aside from Davies a player I was at my eye on is Mr. Jonathan David who plays plays a place for league Adel, again plays for Lille and uh, you know, and honestly, the fact that he's playing so great—I mean, I'm telling you—the opportunities are just going to get going. I mean, sooner or later, one of the European heavyweights is is, is going to want is going to want him. Like, don't be surprised if Juventus, if the likes of Juventus, Liverpool, heard, or even I, Arsenal. I mean, actually, if Arsenal, I mean Arsenal, I, I get it—the fact that they're not that good. I mean, I, I, I mean, if he goes to Manchester United right now, I'd say, okay, no, don't go to Manchester United. You no, don't. <laughs> rumor, r- rumors I've heard from the Voyagers, which is like. Our version of the, which is like our our national team supporters group that they call the Voyagers. Uh, the rumors I've heard is either one of the one of the Milan teams, either Inter or AC Milan. That's what I've heard most recently. So I mean, the fact that, like I said, I mean those those teams have have a history. I mean, AC, AC Milan yeah. has a history, and you yeah. know, and if, if he was there right now, you know, he probably he'd be learning from Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He'd be learning from Olivier Giroud. You know, who who, yeah. who, I, who I feel like should be. On the squad for the French national team alongside Benzema. I mean, Giroud is, n- is not Benzema, but Giroud still can play well. He still scores, and they yeah. they need they need to have him and Benzema there. They got to have the veterans there to keep the young players. Says keep your keep keep your act together. I mean, exactly. the whole front, the French national team has to keep it together. I mean, I spoke once with Steve. Like, if Zidane takes over, and I hope it happens after this World Cup, no matter what happens, if, yeah. I will tell the players this. If you still haven't gotten it together, you better do it now because Zidane's gonna do it for you. And and if you think that if, if you want to joke and say he was gonna do headbutt me, like no, he's gonna sit, he's gonna put you on the bench. He's not gonna call you up. He doesn't care what you've done in the past. Zidane does not care. He's a yeah. fearless. I mean, dealing with the French media is a brutal thing. Believe me, oh, I've, oh. I've seen French players and managers be destroyed by that brutal French media. But Zidane yeah. does not give a forgive the language, but I have to say it. He does not give a fuck. 
He does exactly. not give a fuck, and that's why France needs Zidane because Zidane doesn't fear. Does Zidane fears no man? Exactly, I agree with you. Now, I, I might be you. biased because I consider Zidane my hero, but look, we, I've seen <laughs> he's Zidane one of, play. He's one of my heroes. He's, he's, yeah. Actually, I've always, even, even when I was younger, I'm fifty, I'm fifty three, and the, I remember watching my very first World Cup. I've always one of my favorite players growing up was Michel Platini. Mm-hmm. The Dominic Rostos from those eight nineteen eighties teams. I always liked Zidane. I always like uh, uh, Lillian Turam. Lillian you know, those Turam, guys. That game against yeah, Croatia, so. man. I was five years old, but I remember that game like it was yesterday. You're you're, you're five years old. Yeah, I'm twenty nine. Yeah. Oh jeez, I feel so old. I was I was on the verge that week. My birthday was the day July thirteenth. I think it was the same day. Where France won that World Cup, I think so. Was the yeah, my birthday. Yeah, and I was always on the verge of turning thirty. And you're only like five. Oh God, I feel so old. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just recently arrived in the United States from France, so yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway, but um, but you know, the fact is, you know, when you have these kinds of managers, you know, like that, you know, uh, that 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 that's how how it goes. So, yeah. um, well, you, we're talking about the Canadian national team. I'll tell yeah. you where I, saw... <laughs> I keep getting a little off subject. You know, it's, it's just yeah. you know, it's, it's just you know, the, the fact that you know we love soccer so much, it's, it's hard to stay on point. The, for me, the turning point came was, and I was at that game too in Toronto at BMO, the BMO, the same place where the Toronto, Toronto FC plays, was the night where where we beat the Americans two nothing. That was the turning point. That was October thirteenth, day after our Thanksgiving. It was it was kind of funny that same day. We hopped on the train from from Burlington, Ontario, to Toronto because you, you don't want to drive to Toronto. It's a pain. It's a pain. Yeah, I'm told. You know I'm, told I'm told that I'm told that traffic absolutely sucks. And the same night that the, the, the soccer game was going on, the Leafs were playing right at the same time. So we're on the train. We're all wearing our our Canadian. You know, my my, my I had a, a Canadian like this something like this on, and my wife had a scarf, and and the whole train was blue. With the Leafs, <laughs> oh right? man. And I'm pretty sure. You, I'm pretty sure you had people looking at you like they wanted to. Hit, they, they 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 were mad. Well, you know what they say. What's going on? They say to me, was, "Oh, the hockey game tonight? Oh, yeah. Okay, whatever. Okay, fine. <laughs> whatever. We didn't we didn't care. Oh, well, you were oh you were wearing the, like like Canadian soccer. So I thought you were like a Montreal Canadiens. Like oh, oh okay. no no no. Actually, it's funny you say that because my one friend had a had a Montreal Canadiens cap. And now that I think about it, but no, but no no one realized there was a game going on. Okay, fine. We go, we go to the game. We uh we saw Canada wins that night. That that game went from being hardly maybe a hardly a, a story to to the number one sports story in in, in, in the whole country within within an hour and a half. It was wow. unbelievable. Because hey, after the game, the United States too. I mean, that's huge. I remember when we, we, we I, after the game we we, we all go let's stop or have a quick drink before we wait for the train. So we went to this little place called Shoot. It was Shoeless Joe's place on just off Liberty Avenue in Toronto, about a kilometer from from the our, our train stop, and we get in there. People are all happy because it was all the people from the game. So we sat down and and we put the TV was on TSN, which is our version of ESPN. That was their number one story. I said, "Holy crap, this is!" This, this. And that's where I saw the the whole change starting to occur. It was, it was that moment? So, and in the next day, it was it was it, it was like. The number one story, sports story, I should say, across the country. I mean, again, so that's the, when I saw the changes happen. The Canada and, topped the they topped the group. They yeah. they won the group, and again, they went the whole entire part of that. They did not lose to the United States and Mexico. The fact that yeah. Mexico could, the, the fact that they were able to keep Mexico from beating them, that is something that that's going to be huge in Canada forever. Well, not only that, the, the United States too. For me, the turning point for this qualification came. A lot of people say it was that Davies goal against Panama, which I was at that game too, which was amazing. Don't get me wrong, but I still think the turning point for our qualifi- for our qualification was that one-one draw at, at Azteca. Back, it was a game before that. The Panama, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a game before. I, that was a turning point. I said right then we all knew we're we're going to qualify. Now, we're, no, none of us predicted us finish first place in the group, or no one predicted that, but. As I said, we're 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 going we're going to Qatar. Was that was a turning point for me? I mean, so I think yeah. I mean yeah. I I think at that point, like okay, they they tie against Mexico. I think for, in my case, I think that after you guys beat Mexico at home, that was the official turning point. After you guys drew against against Canada, I'm like, okay, all right. I mean, 
They've already tied against the United States. Now they've tied against Mexico. Now things actually, Canada actually might have, at first I said they might have a chance. And after you guys beat Mexico 2-1, to I was like, okay, now things are really getting better. And then in January 30th, when you guys beat the United States 2-0 again in in Hamilton, Ontario, like, there is no yeah. way Canada does not qualify I, I, actually, now. Actually, I, I was I was supposed to go to that game. My sister got me tickets for for, for a Christmas present, but then the, the whole mandate came in. They, they, were, they were only allowed half the half the capacity, so we had to, she had to give up those tickets. She, she goes, "You want you want me to go?" I said, "Don't worry." I'm kind of glad. I, I, I wish I was at that game, but I, I sat home with I, I sat at a friend of mine's house in a climate controlled living room, <laughs> and we were so and we we're. To me, the, my favorite moment of that whole qualifying tournament was Sam Adukabi's second goal, where he, he raced down the field, and that's really that was for me was the, the happiest moment, even more happier than than the than the moment we actually qualified. Of course, I mean, you know. And then did you say like he jumped into like a pile of snow or something like that? Yeah, that was a game against <laughs> Mexico. Yeah. I mean, hey. You, you, yeah, we call our Canadian heritage, heritage moment. So up here, so. I mean, it's, don't care if it's called that adrenaline, whatever. It's it's not it's not gonna matter. Yeah, and it was cold that night against Mexico. It was very cold. I think it was minus. I'm talking Celsius here, so minus uh, six or minus seven degrees Celsius in Edmonton at kickoff time. And we say, so, say we uh, use Fahrenheit. Yeah, we go with the Fahrenheit. Diet no, I, I, and I'm not sure. <laughs> again, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, lady. I mean, again, you know, the, the, the we're putting American and Canadian perspectives all you know, together. I'm like, yeah, we. This is what we. Which should be, I guess, to be what. <laughs> It gets to be like what 28 20 degrees celsius i'm sorry uh fahrenheit in the united states uh with, with the old we, we call up here we say metric but we say fahrenheit we call it the old scale up here <laughs> so yeah so yeah i mean there's, yeah, so. there's a, a lot of it and you know here in texas you know when it gets down to like when it gets below like 60 that's where people start losing their mind i mean sometimes it can't get that cold but i was also well, i also almost feel like you better enjoy it while it's cold now because the summertime it's not only the heat you got to worry about; it's the humidity too. The humidity takes is, is such that- a toll. Like you, people put their, we, I always say we put our if we put our air conditioner, to, if we set it on like seventy one, it'll say that it's like on seventy five or seventy four. People get scared thinking it broke. Like no, it, did, it, it may, maybe it did. I mean, if it broke, it would be higher. It probably it, it would uh, it, like you would know it's broken. It's like no, mm. it's just the humidity. Your your AC is fighting the humidity, but it's not it's not winning. You can't oh, be. I believe Texas I believe humidity it. I believe. is brutal. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I know. Huh. I, I know. I had a friend of mine play uh, college baseball in Arkansas. Yeah. At, at, uh, in, the, south. In, the, in the southern part, yeah, it's, it's hot. Yeah, and he, and he told me it, it, when he would go down in August, it's just, I guess you, I guess you start uh, 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 school earlier than we do up here. I think he's in middle, middle August. He, it, he said it was even Arkansas was brutal too. So. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, if we're talking about like grade school or college, I mean, college is usually around mid to late August, at least back. Okay. I mean, I graduated. Yeah. I graduated almost, you know, about six years ago. So, yeah. as far as, as grade school, yeah, it's probably around that time too. But yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. So any any final thoughts you want to say, David? Well, you know what, I'm I'm, I'm hoping for the best. You know what I mean? But when we're what I'm hoping for, I just hope. We can we can continue on. I, I'm hoping for the day when we do qualify for a World Cup. It's oh yeah, it's it's not it's 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 just it's the new normal. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Down as we down the road. So, yeah. And there's we have a lot of young players uh, who are especially Toronto FC right now. They got a lot of young Canadian players that like two of them scored yesterday against uh, Salt Lake. We're getting better and better. We have a, we have an 18 uh, year old kid. Who's playing for CF Montreal? Who they're calling him? His name is Ismael Kone, who's, who's really originally from Senegal, but he grew up in Montreal. Who could be a, a, another Alfonso Davies? We're talking. So I mean, again, the potential yeah, of bro. starting a gold generation that's going to last over a decade. Yeah, and I'm hoping so, some of the sports fans in this country are sometimes I question what what what, what, what will start getting on board. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping for, because we are a bit of a bandwagon country when it comes to sports here in Canada. We are in Florida. Just, just ask. Say that again. Just ask you, you're what exactly? A bandwagon. Oh. Uh, yeah. No, honestly, ask... in your case, based on your knowledge, I, I can tell you've always been a strong supporter of the Canadian national team. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You've always been loyal. I I I, I started following them when I was about 12 years old when they were pushing for the 82 World Cup, <laughs> and of course 86. And for 36 years, I've seen some good times. Boy, oh boy, have I seen some bad times. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah so I mean, I mean, you know, and I'm glad we're seeing the good times now. Yeah, for so. the most part, I can, all of my Canadian uh, connections, I mean, they're like, you know, they're happy too. Although they're just like, oh, okay, we qualified, cool, and then because you know, they they always say, look, Alex, it it's painful that we don't qualify in soccer, but if if it if it's soccer, it's not as bad as you think. But if it was hockey, now yeah. there oh. there would be now the, the every city in Canada would probably go to ride. People would be mad. But I'm like, dude, that's, oh, yeah. it's not going to happen. It'll be a cold day in hell before the Canadian hockey team, whether it's the men or women's, it'll be a cold day in hell before they fail to qualify for the Hockey World Cup or the Olympics. They might not no, win the title. Yeah. I mean, I don't, not when, I mean, not when they, when they didn't win the title, I think a couple years ago, when both teams, I think, like, both hockey teams failed to actually get a medal, that really hurt, but. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. there's pride. I mean, there is, there is national pride in Canada when it comes to the international sports. Yeah, oh, there is, there is, there I've is. Seen, there I've, is, I've so. seen it many times. I mean, when I, when I was visiting Montreal, you know, go uh, went to went to went in a bar and it was just funny. Oh, the freaking bartender offered me a a shot. Uh, offered me a the t- I, I forgot what the name of the beer is. The toughest and strongest Canadian beer. I mean, let's not forget it's it's not exaggeration. Canadian beer is is twice as strong than American beer, and that's a fact. I'm trying I think to it was the, Molson. The beer... I, I believe it's Molson. But when he asked, I told him I'm 15, sir. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. That was the best part for for us young guys. When I'm, you could be sixteen and, and, and they serve you in, in, in the bars over there. They, they don't even ask questions over there. So uh, yeah. that was the reason why a lot of us from Ontario we go to Montreal back in the day. Well, I mean, I, I well, I, there's two there's two reasons I was say there's two reasons I couldn't lie. Number one, I, number one, I, I didn't even have a driver's license. Number two, there were two Mounties sitting behind me. So yeah. yeah. It, it was that it was that we go to Montreal because they, they wouldn't uh, ask you for ID and 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 that's sounds sexist here. Some of a, some very attractive women in that city there too. So that's how. <laughs> so, yeah, Canada's so. just that unique country. I mean, you go to Montreal, the culture is different than in Toronto, but they're both beautiful cities. But again, yeah. I'm, I am biased. I'm, I'm French American, so obviously I like I like <laughs> I would say. I, I would always say, like you know, I'm, I'm a pro wrestling fan, so it, so the easiest way to go to Toronto and, ups- and, and and annoy Toronto fans and say, what a better place than Toronto? Well, actually, there's an easier. I can easily think of a better place. It's called Montreal, Quebec, Canada. A fr- a French, oh, gee, you know, oh, don't do that over there. Well, a, a French a French Canadian uh, pro wrestler actually did that a few years ago. I mean, he he's a he's a bad he's a bad guy. So obviously, he did what a bad guy does. He insults the city. His name's yeah. his name's Kevin Owens. Uh, his real name is Kevin Steen. So yeah. he's from Montreal, so they weren't in Toronto. So of course he goes from he goes like, and I can't think of a better place than Toronto. And then he says, I can easily think of a better place. It's called Montreal, and the yeah. crowd, the crowd heavily booed him, but he did his <laughs> job. So yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. David, I want to thank you so much for coming onto the show, and just so you know, oh, thank you, you are you are welcome to come in anytime. And I would love, I, I, I would love, I would love to, to have you this. and Steve on at the same time sometime. I would love for, for especially that. I would love for that to happen with just him and I, all three of us. I mean, hey, so. if, if Wales or Scotland qualifies, I, I think we should probably. Have oh, all oh, three, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, then we're gonna have to bring yeah. it. We're, gonna, we're definitely gonna have to bring him on for that. I definitely oh, will, and awesome, hopefully, I can awesome, have, I can yeah. have you as well on. And like I said, you're welcome. Oh, perfect. You're welcome anytime. Uh, just let me know your, your schedule, and I will make it happen. Thank and, you very much. If you for, have any friends that if you this. have any friends that love soccer, they want to be on the show. Get them, if you could please get them to subscribe, they can be on as well. And anybody's welcome. I will. I will. Big time. I will. All right. Well, thank you very much. We'll see y'all next time. Thanks a lot. Have 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 a good night. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.